Is there someone in your life who you seem to never get along with? Maybe you and this person just don't agree on one thing or many things and to the point that you, you might argue and get angry with each other no matter the situation. Maybe this person hurt you in the past or continues to hurt you. This is Dan with Holy Spirit Soapbox. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. I ask that you continue to pray for this podcast and pray for your neighbors. Pray for everybody. Pray that everybody starts to feel the Holy Spirit working and feel Jesus alive in them so they can continue the good works and spread the joy, hope, peace, and love of Jesus Christ. I know last week we talked about being thankful because we're all loved by the creator of the universe, but If you're currently in this situation where you have an enemy, first I pray that the things that you have gone through or continue to go through do not steal your joy and hope in Christ. And if you're going through any real physical, mental, emotional, or a combination of any type of abuse, seriously, please go to the proper person, people, or authorities because there are serious situations where you'll need the intervention of other people to protect your livelihood. So please don't hold back. Please don't think something is is normal that, you know, deep in your gut, deep in your heart that you feel is not normal. You know, somebody's abusing you. Please go get help. That is definitely an enemy of yours and you should pray for that person. However, if you just have this back and forth situation, right, of resentment or anger towards a person because, I don't know, minor disagreements or or silly disagreements or sometimes big disagreements, this might be the time to now step back and ask that old question of, what would Jesus do? Jesus had many enemies, many, and as the perfect person who ever lived, as he was God in the flesh on earth, These enemies were created based on the selfishness of the people around Jesus. When I say created, the selfishness of these people created them as enemies to Jesus. They they became enemies themselves. They made themselves enemies of Jesus. Jesus did not make the enemies. They made themselves the enemies towards Jesus. And starting in the beginning of the New Testament, one of Jesus' first enemies, as, as flesh, of course, on earth, King Herod. He wanted to be the only king and was told that the true king of the Jews of the world is to be born in Judea, in his area, his precinct. So what does he do? He orders people to go out and have all children murdered in cold blood to ensure that the king does not grow up. Because Jesus had a job to do on earth, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were told to flee to Egypt, and so they would stay safe from the people going out and killing all the children. This is all Matthew chapter 2. Now, as Jesus grew into his ministry, he had confrontations, okay? He had a lot of them. From Satan himself, you know, he was out in the desert for 40 days, 40 nights, no food, no water, no nothing, right? And Satan came and tempted him three times, okay? So he had confrontations with him, And that wasn't the only time. There were many times where demons confronted him. He had confrontations with Pharisees, with Sadducees, with Romans, with non-believers, with with believers, with with God-fearers, and more. There were so many people that confronted Jesus and that were enemies to Jesus, that made themselves enemies to Jesus. People threw rocks at him. They spit on him. They challenged him. 
They mocked him, then they eventually scourged and nailed him to a cross to die. So I have to ask you, after knowing all of this about what Jesus went through since birth and before he came to earth, as plenty have tried to kill him or get rid of God before, you know, since the beginning of time, is the enemy that you have now someone that is worth keeping as an enemy? Again, if you're going through physical, mental, emotional abuse, it, you make distance. Please make distance between that person and yourself, right? But pray for them, but keep that distance, right? You do not want to go through that stuff. However, if it's more of like a, a petty, you know, you have arguments back and forth, you have disagreements that are, are not physically, emotionally, mentally, mental abuse, right? You know, I... Is this enemy worth keeping as an enemy? And I pray that your enemy, that you call your enemy, hears this podcast episode too. As the goal here is to help us understand why we have arguments and get angry at each other. A lot of, if not all of the time, enemies are created when two disagree with each other. And disagreements occur when... There's something internal. There's something internal that you're either fighting for or fighting against or something that you believe in or don't believe in. It's all internal. Again, Jesus didn't create the enemies. Jesus didn't go around trying to create enemies. He was trying to unify everybody under God. But we, as people, as selfish people, internally, we're broken. And because we're internally broken, we created enemies of Jesus. Jesus became our enemy when we start separating ourselves from him. I have to clarify all this because there are a lot of people that say, well, why did God create evil? Why did God create enemies for himself? Well, he didn't. He never meant for enemies to be here on earth. But he gave us free will. And we use our free will to become enemies of God. That's what we did by turning away from him, by saying, we don't need you anymore. Now, this is a whole other topic in itself, okay? So I don't want to digress for now. But as Jesus hung there on the cross, he asked the Father to forgive all of those who condemned him to death, for they do not know what they do. This is Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Instead of cursing And actually condemning and casting these people out of heaven forever, he forgives them. What? These are his enemies. These are the ones that put him to death, but he forgave them. Wow. Again, if you're going through the serious abuse, remove the person from your life, that might be the best option for you, right? But when Jesus told us to love our enemies, there's a reason for it. Let me put this into perspective somehow, okay? Have you ever heard of one of these tragic stories where a person commits this heinous crime, horrible crime? Maybe they murdered several people or stole a bunch of money from a lot of people or something, right? But then their mother and or father publicly ask everybody to forgive their child for committing that crime. Have you ever heard of that? I have. I have many times. And it might confuse you, like wondering how a parent of a child who did this crazy bad thing wouldn't condemn their kid for doing that and just totally get out of my face and you're not my child and just never forgive them for it. 
I know they don't condone their actions for sure. We know that, okay? But these parents love their kid so much that no matter what their child did or does, they forgive them. They still love them. And they want others to feel the same way. This is how God feels about all of us, but on a much bigger scale. The love that that mother and father have for their child that committed a horrible crime is only a fraction of the love that God has for all of us. Even if you've never created, committed a crime, done anything horrible, that love that your parents have or that other people have for you is only a fraction of the, the love that God has for us. Even for those who persecute others and even for those who hate God, God still loves them so much. Remember this. That person is a creation of God that you're hating. If you hate someone so much, you can hate and despise and I wish everything bad to happen to that person because I can't stand them. Well, God created them too. They chose the wrong path. The same way we choose the wrong path with selfishness all the time. Right? Their actions might be way violently worse, but God created that child. It's still a, a person that God created and loves. Which brings up the next really, really important piece of information. You can hate somebody down to the core of their bones, but God loves them more than you could ever know. It's the truth. This might seem contradictory, right? Because how can God love someone who has done so much wrong to another one of his creations or, or one of his children? How can he sit and see one of his creations do something so horrific and still want him or her in heaven with him? The answer is actually simple. Every creation he has made, he loves dearly with the hope that we would all feel the same way that he does about each and every other person. If we all loved each other the way he loves us, the last six commandments out of the Ten Commandments that we hear often would be easy to follow. You would honor your parents because you love them. And they'd honor you back because they love you. You wouldn't murder because why would you murder someone you love, right? You wouldn't commit adultery because I love you so much. I love my spouse so much. I don't want to hurt them, right? Or I love... That person, because they have a spouse, I won't want to hurt them. You wouldn't commit adultery. You wouldn't steal because it hurts somebody. When you steal from them, you wouldn't bear false witness against someone else because when you bear false witness, it brings pain upon them. And you won't covet because coveting causes all of these other things that will hurt another person. All these commandments would just be easy. You wouldn't even have to even worry about what are the commandments that I have to follow because you love all these people. You would love other people so much that you wouldn't want to do any of this to them and cause sorrow for them. The second layer to this is we all sin. We all have caused sorrow for someone else in our lives. So yes, someone might be causing sorrow in yours to create an enemy for you, but because we are all in need of a savior for our sins, we really shouldn't hold any grudges or keep enemies even if they keep sinning against you. Again, it's okay to create that separation from that enemy. But more importantly, you should love that enemy and do what you can to help that enemy. Because that is the only way someone can really see Christ. And if people see who Christ really is and then they want to imitate Christ, 
then they'll repent for all those bad things that they did. And they may make it up for all those bad things that they did. Make it up to you or make it up to the people they hurt. But that's none of your business, right? That is their walk with Christ. That is their walk to repentance and to finding Christ for real in their hearts. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, and this is from the NIV, okay? This is verse 17, it says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay says the Lord. Verse 20, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. He's actually quoting Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 and 22. And then he finishes off in verse 21, still Romans chapter 12, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Those proverbs that he was referring to about, you know, heap burning coals on somebody's head means that your enemy cannot hate you more. Your enemy will almost be stopped like dead in their tracks because they expected a rise out of you for doing evil to you. And they wanted that gratification. But when you love them, it doesn't give them that gratification of hurting you. Instead of driving a bigger wedge between you and your enemy, you're actually either closing the gap or stopping the wedge where it was. They weren't, they're not going to have something to blame you for and create a bigger wedge between you both because it's safe you punch them in the face or something, right, for doing evil to you. That's going to give them ammunition for next time. And then that wedge continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger between you two, and it just never helps anything. You will never be able to forgive each other and get close again, Okay. If you love them, though, it stops them dead in their tracks. Then they'll see this, and as you pray for God to soften their hearts, they'll see the love of Christ in you. And God can make that change in their hearts to hopefully see that they're hurting you. And and they don't want to hurt you anymore. There was a story recently where somebody shot and killed another person. And the family went to court during the whole proceeding of, of the, you know, the conviction of this person. And one of the brothers, if I remember correctly, got up on the stand and everybody expected him to just lay into this person and condemn this person for killing his brother and, and be like, you're a horrible person. I can't wait to see you rot or maybe get executed or whatever. And he did the exact opposite. He actually said, and this is not verbatim, but he basically was like, I forgive you. And I pray that you can find Jesus the Christ because through Jesus, you will understand how this hurt us, right? And then turn to Christ because I forgive you. And I know everybody here is condemning you, but I will not do that because it's not his place to do it. Everybody went silent. And the person that actually killed his brother broke down broke down in tears, and then they hugged each other. This is like unheard of, right? Everybody just wants to throw anger at people, but this person forgave that person. And they were lamenting. They were 
full of sorrow, but they forgave that person that killed their brother. And who knows how that affected the killer, the one that did kill the brother. Maybe they turned around and they found Christ, right? And they're going to heaven. I know it's, it sounds like a crazy concept, but we talked about the mother and or father that still loves their child so much, even after a heinous crime that they want others to forgive them too. And God loves that kid, that person, that creation way more than we can ever imagine. God wants a perfectly harmonious earth. He really does. He created us with that in mind. But we unfortunately continuously use our free will that he also granted to us to do selfish things, to benefit ourselves first. This leads to more evil continuously happening in the world we see it all the time but if we could just all love each other as jesus loves us and forgive others as jesus has forgiven us the world will be a better place until eternity in heaven where we just all do this because we'll be glorified now i have a couple verses to meditate on okay and we're doing this thing a little bit differently still Same thing we did last week. I'm actually going to read these verses to you and I want you to meditate on them, okay? And I'm going to explain them a little bit. So here's the first verse. It's Proverbs chapter 24, verses 17 and 18. It says this, Do not rejoice, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. The next line says, Or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from them. This is essentially saying that God may not allow the issues to sprout from our enemies' stumblings, right? Because our pride and lack of humility is just as bad. Both ways are forms of stumbling and show a lack of love for one another. It's better to stay humble when your enemy stumbles or it will cause us to stumble. The fact is, we sometimes want something bad to happen to our enemies. But in turn, you can be an enemy to them or someone else, right? So would you want something bad to happen to you if your enemy is praying for you to stumble? No, of course not. Instead, you would hope that your enemy is maybe praying for you, for you to find something in you to change or recognize where you hurt them and vice versa. We should be praying for those that hurt us so they can find something within themselves, find Christ. When I say something, it's actually Christ to change, to want to change and repent and never do that again to you or anybody else. That's what we should do. Our second verse is from Luke chapter 23, verses 32 to 34. It says this, Now two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him, Jesus, to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. We talked about this earlier. Jesus just got whipped and spit on and scourged and beat up and put in prison and and just was treated like an animal. And now he's put on a cross to die with two other criminals when he wasn't even a criminal at all. He did nothing wrong. And what does he do? He forgives them. He asks God, the Father, to forgive them. Because they do not know what they do. He basically was like, these people are just so caught up in their selfishness that they don't know who I am. So they think they're doing right in your eyes. And they're not. But they don't know what they're doing, God. So please forgive them. I forgive them. 
And we see later in the Bible or during the Bible, like during the New Testament, while he was there and when he was gone, speaking to Jesus here, Pharisees were starting to turn over. Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, Saul, after Jesus' death and resurrection, Saul turned to Paul. We hear of these people that were like persecuting Christians, that were hating Christians, that hated Jesus, that are like, wait a minute. Jesus didn't just like, when he was on the cross, he didn't come back and just like set us on fire. We saw him resurrected. We saw that he was gone out of that grave. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe there's something to this, right? They didn't know. They were so caught in their selfishness at one point, but then they started flipping because they saw what love really was like in Jesus. And not only in just Jesus, they didn't th- they didn't just see the love in Jesus, they saw the love in all the other Christians. I mean, you hear all the time when somebody's leader of a country or nation gets killed, swarms of armies go out and try to kill those people in revenge. None of the Christians tried to do that. They didn't do that revenge piece. They, they just loved everybody after. And then they preached the gospel and then they went to death that way, still saying the same gospel. They just performed love. They just showed Jesus' love. And that melted the hearts of so many people. It's almost crazy. Now I have a couple questions for you after these verses here. So there are three questions to help dig deeper into that heart. Question number one is, is there someone you see as an enemy in this season or right now, today, or whatever? Right? Do you see somebody as an enemy? If so... How can you change the feeling of them being an enemy to a friend? Question two, looking at yourself now, how have you continued to create division and more of an enemy out of your enemy? So have you been driving a wedge between you and that enemy even more than you already have? And question three, how can you start loving all people the way God loves all people, including your enemies? I want to thank you once again for joining in today. You're such a blessing to me and my wife and everybody that's been reaching out to us. We love hearing from you, but we need to really start praying for for this earth. This earth is wild right now. There's a lot going on. There's so much going on, but we can't fear because we have God. We have Jesus, right? And we need to continue to love on people, right? Serve people that the, the same way Jesus served people. Love others the way Jesus loves them. Okay, because by creating more separation and creating more enemies solves nothing. People won't know Christ if we keep creating enemies. And we should continue to spread the gospel, right? So others can see the love of Christ and know the gospel. And hopefully, we'll start following Christ as well. So I want to pray over all of you right now. If you want to take a prayer posture, if you can, please do. If not, no worries. I'm going to pray over everybody right now. So let's talk to our Creator. Our Father, we ask for you to soften our hearts for those we call our enemies. Sometimes we forget that those that we hurt or those that hurt us are still those that you love. We ask that you continue to bring us back to your word so that we can gain all of the wisdom we need to continue to spread love to all of mankind. We pray that you can keep us from continuing to hate others and provide a place where people can see who you really are. We ask all of this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.